This is the Syracuse Bowl Special, presented by the Wildcat Pizza Pub. This is the Syracuse Bowl Special. Seth Goldberg and Polly Sibilia here with you. At 6 o'clock, we'll hang around until about 7 or so. We've got sound from Eric Dungy, from Dino Babers, from Kylan Whitner, from John Wildhack. We'll hear from Brent Axe and Seth Everett and Carly Nevis of WDTV in Morgantown, West Virginia, and, and from the athletic, Syracuse Athletics to hear how you can get your ticket packages because Syracuse is going to the Camping World Bowl. Syracuse is going to Orlando, Florida in a major bowl, in a bowl uh, Polly, that some of the reaction has been, it might be the game of the bowl season. Uh, this is uh, this is amazing to me. Let's not go crazy. This is the best possible outcome for Syracuse University. Absolutely is without without a question. This is, I mean, there was you can you can put a nice bow around the Pin Street Bowl and put lipstick on it and make it look nice, but th- this is the bowl that Syracuse deserved to be in, earned, and I'm glad that. Camping World Bowl stuck to its guns and took the second best team in in the ACC. Yeah, and and I thought that was a really interesting thing. And heading over to Manly today, uh, the messaging from Dino Babers, the messaging from John Wildhack was very clear. Uh, the Camping World Bowl is for the second best ACC team, and they are the second best ACC team. It validates the season that we had because the Camping World they have the first pick after Clemson. Historically, they've taken the highest-ranked ACC team available, and that's what they did. So I think it validates our season, 9-3. and three. I think it's a credit to Coach Babers, the team, uh, the senior leaders. So we're, we're delighted, and we get to play uh, an old rival, and it should be one heck of a football game. And as mentioned, Dino, Dino matched that. Dino said, hey, this is, this is supposed to be the game that we're supposed to be in, where we're supposed to be at this place. And, you know, Paulie, and as a reaction, I, I had asked Dino the same thing that I asked you right off the top of, hey, this is a game that a lot of people really like. It's a top 15 team, a top 20 team, uh, and they're meeting up. And, and here's Dino's reaction to that thought. You know, that's, that's flattering. That's, that's flattering. I, I don't know where they would get something like that from. I know that uh, I think that that team has a really good quarterback. I think we have a really good quarterback. I think their defense is underrated. I think our defense is underrated. I'm not sure about their special teams. I haven't sat down and, and watched their special teams. I hope they're not as good as ours because I that would be, I hope would be an advantage for us. But uh, I know this. I know they're fast. And I also know we've I've played them one time in my career, and, and it didn't end up well. So uh, hopefully uh, we'll do a lot better than the last time we played them. Now, this is an interesting matchup for a lot of reasons. I I think, Paulie, one of the most interesting ones is what Dino said there. They're a fast team. They've got a really good quarterback. He thinks their defense is a little underrated. Uh, Time will tell on on that one. Uh, But later on in the press conferences today, later on in our opportunity to talk to Kylan Whitner, Eric Dungy, um, and Dino Babers and John Wildhack, uh, Kylan Whitner was asked, how much do you think it'll help you that like you go against the same kind of an offense, the same style of an offense, because this is a tough offense to prepare for? Yeah, it's definitely very helpful. I mean, we do team periods in practice where we go against our offense every week, and um, our offense does a great job. Our offense is one of the best offenses in the country, so when we play a team that runs a similar type system, a spread system, uh, has a lot of playmakers all over the field. It really gives us the upper hand because, you know, we see something like that every week. Um, specifically going into the Wake Forest game, they run a lot of tempo. And I feel like seeing our offense every week really helped us. So, I mean, running off, seeing offense with a similar system is definitely helpful for, you know, an upcoming game. 
Now, this is one of the reasons I think that that game is is so highly coveted and and so highly thought of here in the early going. Take the over because you've for, got for those betting cookies with your kids. <laughs> exactly for for entertainment purposes, unless you live in one of those few states that that has allowed this. But you know, it's it's one of those games that you look at two offenses and you say they should put a whole lot of points on the board, and we're not going to be thinking about Kylan Whitner in the defense, and we're not going to be thinking about West Virginia's defense. This game is all is going to be all about. Eric Dungy and Will Greer and what these two offenses can do. Yeah, and I I think going into this game, this game means way more motivation-wise to the Syracuse Orange than it does to West Virginia because 10 wins for this team is program-changing. You know, there's going to be a lot of people watching these games, and it's got a chance to put Syracuse back on the map. Also, and, and I think that this is important, and I'll get back to that point in a moment because Dino spoke about that earlier today, For Syracuse, and I know we've talked about this a little bit off the air and over the course of the last couple of weeks, we've certainly talked about it on the air. The the Camping World Bowl feels like the the pinnacle, right? It it feels like for this year, this is the highest you could have gotten. Whereas for West Virginia, you know, they might be thinking, you know what? One thing goes differently. We're in the playoff. Two things go differently. You know, we're we're in a New Year's Six Bowl. Like, this isn't where they want to be, right? They, they could have been in the playoff. They could have been in the Sugar Bowl. They could have been in the Alamo Bowl. And instead, they got passed over, and they're in the fourth. They're, they're fourth in line in the Big 12. Like, this is exactly where Syracuse wants to be. While on the other hand, this is exactly where West Virginia doesn't want to be. Yeah, and it's very easy to say, because Syracuse, we're not used to this. It's new to us. You, there, if you're a Syracuse fan, you're also looking at this season where we're we're one game away from being in that, you know, the top six bowls. If you beat Pitt, because you're too hot, your your losses are to, to, two to Notre teams. Dame, and uh, you're you're essentially the same argument as Georgia. You've lost to exactly. Two, You've lost to two, two really good yeah, teams. Yes, to Clemson and uh, Notre Dame. You'd have a better argument than Georgia. Georgia's second loss was to LSU, yeah. uh, but not to get yeah. too much on that. But, it, yeah, it's but just, it, it's an interesting yeah. perspective going in. The, not only is there the motivation of, hey, 10 wins, let's let's change the, the tides of this program. It's the motivations of like, hey, this is where we want to be. Like, this is this is the best we could do. When we have your friend on from Morgantown, I look forward to getting her take on the fan perspective on this because Twitter is ablaze with, uh, with angry... There are some hot fans. takes. There are some. There are some burning couch hot takes. Yes, they, uh, the, the last thing they want is another Schwarzwalder Trophy game. And uh, did, did Gino? Did Gino Smith get like a shiver down his spine in Pittsburgh today <laughs> as he's like getting ready for their Sunday night game? Is is that like? Oh, I I got a I got a weird feeling about this. Uh, Syracuse and West Virginia. I mean, it's fun for me, and I'm sure it'll be fun for Brent when we talk to him in a while. But I uh, I'm guessing that the the fan base that doesn't know Syracuse is a winning program, has no clue or any care to a Syracuse-West Virginia game, you probably being one of them. Yes, yes. My my freshman year at Syracuse was the year after the big win in the Dome over West Virginia, so I'm a, I'm a little late to that party. Um, I do want to get to this Dino soundbite that, that hit on something you said earlier. And, uh, you know, he, he was talking about 10 wins, the chance to win this many games. Um, it, it's program changing, and, and it's something that doesn't happen very often. Well, I think I think that these guys understand what what we're playing for, and uh, it's it's cool to go down to a bowl, and we're going to experience and enjoy every part of that. But to have a have an opportunity to be a football team that goes double digits and win ten wins that just doesn't happen very often. It's happened like once every seven years of my career, based off the schools that I've been at, and it kind of separates you from a lot of football teams. There's a big difference. They're going to say, well, it's only a difference of one. 
Well, there's a difference of not one game, but one digit. It's a big difference between being a nine-win team and a ten-win team in college football. And it, it, really, it really will cement this class and really give them what I think they deserve based off of all the work that they've put in. So I'm really excited about the opportunity. And that's not to neglect how good our opponent is. I mean, we're probably getting this, the best opponent that we could possibly play. And they're ranked really, really high. And we'll look forward to playing them. You know, it's it's interesting what he says, and, and he says it's only happened a handful of time in his 30-some-odd years coaching. You know, I know we've gone back to 2001 a lot this year because, it, quite frankly, there's been a lot that has happened for the first time this year since 2001. First time you're ranked, the the longest period of time that you've been in the in the top 25 polls, uh, the, the number of wins that you've had, uh, certain things like that. And it's, again, you go back to that 10-win mark, and that's the last 10-win season. You got nine in the regular season that year, plus a bowl game win, and that's your 10 wins. And and so when Dino Babers is talk, talking excuse me, about how, hey, it's only happened seven seasons in my coaching career, it hasn't happened here in 17 years. That's a, that's a <laughs> long time to wait for a 10-win season. Like, a 10-win season is special, don't get me wrong, but it... it shouldn't feel like something that's once a generation like that's that like i mean the incoming freshmen like weren't even born right the the class of 2019 like wasn't even born when they won 10 games last yeah it's crazy that year was kind of fluky too nobody dwight freeney's the whole reason that 2001 team was as good as it was and it was kind of fluky nobody expected that year that year kind of snuck up on us too so um God, I'm old. And uh, this this year, I wasn't expecting ten wins. They were picked no. last. I think I had them at seven wins, and I was be I was one of the very them, generous people going into the season. Five. <laughs> I said I said they're good enough to win six, but same old Syracuse will happen in the one five. But yeah, I mean this is this is a year that is unexpected. And if you could turn a year where they they were picked to finish second to last, uh, they were picked to finish last. And all of a sudden, you finish second in your division, second in your conference, and you put up 10 wins. I mean, that's a massive step forward. And and Dino spoke a little bit today about some of the recruiting aspects of this and, and how it changes the the recruiting focus. Um, you know, and, and it goes from you're trying to pick certain kids, right? And, and he said that kind of the front half of this 2019 class was picked up on the back of the Virginia Tech win, the Clemson win, and using kind of that stuff because that half the class basically had been recruited prior to the season and now they've got you know half their scholarships left to fill out before signing day in February and this half of the class is going to be filled out with kids who are watching this year and he said it opens the doors to different athletes different caliber levels different stars and and things like that I mean you you say program changing to get a 10th win and and that's certainly the case with this camping uh camping world bowl I mean they picked up two four-star recruits in a week right three yes that doesn't happen at Syracuse University either. You don't get ten wins and you don't get four star recruits. So right, it's, it's a changing of the guard, so, yeah. so to speak. It, it really is. Um, I want to get back to one more comment here before we uh, before we take our first time out. You know, we uh, we were talking earlier about Syracuse West Virginia and like it's fun for for older fans or for people who are just kind of like sports history nerds and and you know I I love the the nineteen eighty seven stuff that happened last year and seeing all that that video. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Eric Dungy is closer to my age, Polly, than yours. And uh, here's what he thought about SU West Virginia. Um, I think it's going to be a, a cool opportunity. Um, obviously, you know, I was not aware of, you know, the tradition here and the rivalries. I mean, I'm from West Coast, but um, now I've been here for four years. I wasn't a part of the, you know, conference of Big East. 
Uh, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> yeah, that's um, funny. Now the ACC. So I mean, it's it's gonna be a cool experience. I think it's gonna be a lot cooler for the guys um, who grew up with the Syracuse football and you know the fans um, that went through that rivalry. And you know, I'm very excited for it. Um, and hopefully, we can come out with a win. Didn't even know they were in the Big East. <laughs> it's just funny. Like it, it, it proves the point, right? Like it, it's been a while since this has happened. Uh, Schwartzwalder Trophy obviously was not on the line the last time. Uh, who knows? I would doubt that it is again, but you never know. Uh, why don't we take our first time out? We'll be joined by Andrew Goodrich from Syracuse Athletics. He's the Deputy Director of Athletics up on the Hill. Uh, he'll be telling us about ticket packages and ways that you can get down to Orlando uh, for the Camping World Bowl coming up in about three weeks. And uh, we'll talk about that with him next on ESPN Radio. Live from the DBOffers.com, powered by Drivers Village Studio. This is ESPN Radio. 97.7 FM, Syracuse. And 100.1 FM, Oswego. This is the Syracuse Bowl Special, presented by the Wildcat Pizza Pub. We got to paint Orlando on. That's what we really need to do. Um, and I think it's a great opportunity to show the nation um, the support that this program has. And that we're uh, not only we're headed in the right you know, direction, but um, this program is about to take off. So I think it's a great opportunity for our fans to, to have some fun, spend three, four days down in some warm weather. And uh, again, we want to paint the town orange. Paint the town orange as Syracuse is headed down to Orlando for the Camping World Bowl against West Virginia. Let's show people how they can paint the town orange. Exactly. Why don't we do that? We've got Andrew Goodrich, the Deputy Athletics Director from Syracuse University on the line now. Uh, Andrew, thanks so much for, for taking a couple minutes here on, on Sunday night, and uh, and we're, we'll dive into some ticket options. What what is? Let's just get this one out of the way first. What is the best and easiest way for Syracuse fans to get tickets or, or packages to get down to Orlando? Well, thank you guys so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. And the simplest way to do this is just go to our website, which is cuse.com. And we have a specific URL, which is cuse.com backslash camping world. You will be able to find all the ticket opportunities there and the travel opportunities in one simple spot. Now, how do we make sure that uh, when Syracuse fans are getting the tickets, they're, they're sitting in the Syracuse section? Like if I'm going online to buy tickets, how, how do I make sure I'm on the Syracuse side and not stuck with the West Virginia fans? That is a really good question, and the way you do that is buying them directly from us. You can do that by doing it uh, by going to our official website that I just shared. You could, if you know, you'd rather speak to somebody, call eight 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 Dome Ticks starting tomorrow morning at nine o'clock, and one of our ticket reps will help you. And then purchase a ticket from one of our official links. If you or your listeners are following us on social media, go to our official site and link from there. That is the only way to ensure that you are in the official Syracuse section, so I'm glad you mentioned that. Andrew, you know, we, we talk about tickets, and obviously that's a big thing. Uh, how about Traveler? Are there packages like that through the university, or, or is that kind of do your own thing to get down there, but we've got the tickets to, to get you in the right place? No, actually, so we have a fantastic travel partner in Anthony Travel. If you visit our website, cuse.com backslash campingworld, you will be able to link on there. We have two types of travel packages. We have an air package that leaves from Syracuse, and we have a land package 
for anyone who wants to make their own uh, travel arrangements via air. Or if you are a listener who is in the Orlando area and you just want to come down and drive down uh, to the game, we have land packages there for hotels and tickets as well. So, Andrew, uh, we heard John Wildhack moments ago saying, hey, we want to paint the town orange. We want, we want this place packed. We want this place you know, full of Syracuse fans. Um, and, and I know that throughout this process, some fans had said, eh, I don't know if we travel well enough to get a high-caliber bowl. Uh, how do we go about proving them wrong, and, and what kind of things are going on in Orlando, or, or do we think are going to be planned for Orlando to, to make this happen? Well, I will tell you this. Anyone who makes the decision to go will love it. It's going to be a great experience. It's going to be an experience that our fans are going to remember for a lifetime. So not only do we have the game, but the day before the game, we're going to have a free pep rally for all fans at Point Orlando uh, through Camping World. Uh, Great opportunity to get down there and cheer on the team before the game. And then we're going to have pregame tailgates that are being put on through the Syracuse Office of Alumni Engagement. So you can actually uh, register for that today. If you visit our website, it'll be a fantastic pregame tailgate. And, you know, there's so many reasons why fans should go and paint that town orange. I don't know if you looked it up. I did a quick Google search. Orlando is located in Orange County, Florida. So I think that's a really good sign for us. We need to (laughs) make sure that we paint Orange County orange. Yeah, couldn't agree more. What a, what an appropriate name for, for the place that Syracuse is going to play uh, in their bowl game, the first one in six years. And, and make sure you get your tickets and your travel, com slash Camping World. Andrew, thanks so much for, for hopping on for a couple minutes. Enjoy the rest of your night. It's been my pleasure. Thank you, guys. Go Orange. That's Andrew Goodrich, Deputy Director of Athletics up at Syracuse University, giving us the lowdown on uh, on how to get tickets, how to get down there to Orlando, Florida. Great. I'm going to uh, ask. Are you are you buying your are you buying your flight plan? Because I know you I know you're just you're just seventeen hour drive. Get, you're just dying to get on the plane. Seventeen hour drive. I was uh, ready for Brent Axe to come on with us because my first question to Brent was going to t- dovetail off of that stellar segment. Brent, you stole my joke, man. I was going to say, Paul, you better hit the road. <laughs> the way you travel to these games, you got a long drive ahead of you, pal. Is it fair, Brent? Is it a fair representation of Syracuse that their fans don't travel well and they don't go to bowl games? Oh, it's very fair. You know, uh, they, they have not traveled in the past. You know, you look at uh, one other time they were in this very bowl game when it was called the Champ Sports Bowl. You know, that was the game that got Paul Pasqualoni fired. Paulie was very sad that day. <laughs> you know, there was not a ton of fans at, at that game. Um, you know, you look at maybe the Orange Bowl and the Fiesta Bowl, you know, you got some good pockets of Syracuse fans there, but they were swamped by, you know, Kansas State and Florida fans at the time. And, you know, the irony of this, Paulie, as you know, is Syracuse fans got used to just being in bowl games every year. It, did, it was not a special thing to go to a bowl game. But now that it's been five years and it's a great location and it's a great opponent and people are amped up about this team and the chance to win 10 games, I think you're going to see one of the stronger bowl representations from Syracuse in you know, boy, I, I can't even compare it to any bowl game. Which one would you compare it to? I, I can't even think of one off the top of my head. I would probably say the Gator Bowl would probably be the last, not the Orange Bowl with McNabb would probably be the last big or. I just remember the tailgates outside of that were huge. You're right. Yeah. And you know what? You, we're saying travel. Like, obviously, the Pinstripe Bowl, there were tons of Syracuse fans there, but I don't know if we include that in the conversation because it's essentially a home game for Syracuse, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and before I get let Seth talk again, 
you and I are two old people. Talk some <laughs> old guy stuff. How how are you feeling about the the West Virginia Schwartzwalder trophy matchup? Are you kind of just over this, or is it? Or do you think this is a good matchup for the Orange? No, I, I love it. I love the history of it. I love that. You know, look, the last time Syracuse played West Virginia in the Pinstripe Bowl, you know, they made a big deal about not putting the Schwartzwalder trophy up for grabs, and I thought that was the wrong move. And I know you've got to respect the bowl game you're in. They have a trophy. You have to respect that, and I think Syracuse will, but. This is a trophy game. This was one of the reasons why Syracuse-West Virginia would be a great matchup. There is a long history there. It's a trophy game, so I hope that trophy is on the line. You know, this is the best rivalry Syracuse has had since Penn State, Paulie. I think you agree with me there. I mean, Boston College is not a rivalry per se. I mean, it technically is Syracuse's rival. Pittsburgh, you ask 100 Pittsburgh fans who their rival is, they're all going to say West Virginia, right? But there is hatred. Between the fan bases, there is history there. And, you know, now let's fast forward it to 2018. These are two of the highest scoring teams in college football. This is going to be a video game. I think that this worked out for past generations like you and I, Paulie, that remember those great matchups and, and this generation right here, right now, that just wants to see an entertaining football game. Yeah, you know, along those lines, I'm I'm excited to see this thing again. And, and I know I wasn't, you know, maybe following SU football when it was really in its heyday. But, you know, I, I remember just the, the 2012 Pinstripe Bowl and people were excited. They were fi- they, they were going to play again. And that was just, uh, what, a year after West Virginia left the conference. Uh, right. but, but moving it to today, you've got Will Greer on one side and Eric Dungey on the other. And, and this is just going to be a lot of fun. Like th- this game is just going to be a fun game to watch, right? Absolutely. You know, you, Greer in any other year, Seth would win the Heisman Trophy. He just happens to be in a year with, with Tua and Haskins and Kyler Murray, who, you know, probably took the lead for the Heisman. We'll see how that plays out. I've already filed my Heisman vote. I can't tell you guys what it is, unfortunately. But, you know, of those three names, I think that's who's going to win it. But you look at Will Greer's numbers and stand him up in any other year, and he would win it. Sills and Jennings is the best wide receiver combo in college football. Syracuse is really going to have their hands full there. And, you know, once West Virginia landed in, and I've kind of followed Greer through the year, but once we found out it was West Virginia, I found a really intriguing stat about Greer. He is the best quarterback in college football against the Blitz. He has 22 touchdowns and zero interceptions when you blitz him. He's ready for it. He anticipates it. He can scramble out of it. So, you know, Dino Babers and Brian Ward are, you know, the beauty of a bowl game is you got three weeks to get ready for it, right? But they're going to have to put together a heck of a game plan here because he knows how to handle pressure, and he's got two wide receivers that are as good as any in the country. I'll bring it up. I haven't seen anything about this, but there is a trend out there that there's a lot of seniors that just bow out bowl games because they're doing NFL draft prep. I don't think he's going to. I have no inside information on that, and I hope he doesn't because you just said it. Who doesn't want to see Greer and Dungey sling it out for four quarters? Yeah, that's something that I want to ask when we have we're going to have Carly Nevis from uh, WDTV from uh, in Morgantown on coming up in about ten minutes or so. I want to ask her about that because I've seen West Virginia fans who uh, are not happy they're in the Camping World Bowl and who say Will Greer better not play. Uh, I mean that's that's a mind blowing thought wow. to me is is to say <laughs> yeah, is to yeah. say we're upset with this top twenty matchup in a bowl game and we don't want our starting quarterback to play. It's it's shocking to me. What bowl game did they want? Why are I don't they know. upset they're going to Orlando? <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, look, like if what, you think, what did they think they were going to get? Well, if you think about it, though, in the Big 12, they got the fourth bowl. 
You know, like in, for Syracuse, they got the second bowl that the ACC was going to get. Uh, they got the playoff. They got the Sugar Bowl. They had the Alamo Bowl. Yeah, I think that's and the West one Virginia they wanted. was the fourth choice. Like think, they wanted the Alamo yeah. Bowl probably. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that's an advantage for Syracuse. You don't have an engaged fan base. Maybe the team felt the same way. You know, it, the bowl games are weird, guys. They're, they're you know, there's something. There's real money to be made there for entertainment purposes only. If you can kind of you know, sort out the teams that are not engaged and the teams that are, are really into it. I think we picked up on the fact that Syracuse wanted this bowl game. I think you could tell you guys have the sound and, and you know, we're there at the presser with, with Dungy and, and Whitner and, and Dino. Like, you could tell they wanted this game. And, I mean, that's half the battle sometimes. You just don't know what the motivation of certain teams are in bowl games. So maybe chalk one up for Syracuse right there. Okay, before we let you go, going into this bowl season, we sat and we all talked about how this was going – Bulls want teams that are near their home so they can sell tickets. We've got Miami in the Pinstripe Bowl. We've got who's in, in Texas? Pitt is in the Sun Bowl yeah. in El Paso. Yeah. NC State's going to the Gator Bowl in Jacksonville. Not buying that next year, Brent. Doesn't care. Did we lose Brent? Well, uh, no, I'm sorry. I, I lost it for a second there. I lost it after... Um... So you're talking about like teams that are, are far away from home yeah, in bowl games? because they went and gone, have gone away. Everybody going to this, well, Syracuse is going to end up in the pinstripe bowl because they want teams. Right. And yeah. now we've got Miami in the pinstripe bowl. We've got, right, yeah, right, yeah. So, so Paul yeah, is not buying that, that when you Even say Even John Wildhack said on my show a couple of weeks ago that geography is, is a factor in these things. Yeah. I think it just goes to show you, so is lobbying, right? I think there was a lot of wheeling and dealing going on behind the scenes and you know, Syracuse really wanted this matchup and sold the Camping World Bowl on on numbers. They probably sold them on a number of tickets they believe they can sell based on, you know, not only fans from here, but there's a lot of displanted, you know, New Yorkers that live in the South now that are within driving range of Orlando. And, you know, I think they felt like combine that with, you know, West Virginia fans who, yeah, they're probably complaining now, but they're still going to go. They're still going to buy tickets and, and, and fill that place. So, Bowl games are weird, and I think we found that out today. A Miami and the Pinstripe Bowl. I don't know how big of an alumni base they've got in New York City or in the surrounding area, but I guess we're going to find out. And, yes, and, all those all those Hurricane fans are going to be so happy to go up from South Florida to the Bronx. <laughs> yes. Well, one last thing. Uh, we we all put a, a a bright picture on it if they had ended up in in the Pinstripe Bowl. How big of yeah. a how big of a gut punch would that have been to a program that really earned this chance to play in the Camping World Bowl? Well, it's not a gut punch in terms of, like, the status of the Pinstripe Bowl. It's actually, you know, up there now. This is not the Pinstripe Bowl that Syracuse played in when it was a little lower on the totem pole. But this, they, they got in the bowl that was the second-best team in the ACC has always gotten. Right. Had they have not it. gotten it, it would have been a gut punch. That was opinion. it. I think Syracuse fans not only wanted to go somewhere where the, the weather's nice, it, it was a status thing. Like, they're a 9-3 and team. They beat NC State, the other team that was up for consideration. They felt like they're the second-best team in the ACC, and that's why they wanted it. So it would have been a gut punch, certainly from that standpoint. It, it, and look, I mean, you've been there three times in the last eight years. I mean, I, fine, Syracuse fans would go and support this team, but you know, I think you can make the case it would have been a gut punch in a lot of ways. People were re- would really try and sell you hard on the status of it, but I, I don't think you could help but be disappointed you know, from a lot of angles if they ended up there. Yeah, it would have been the old lipstick on a pig analogy. Oh, no question about it. I got I got a, a couple phone calls from SU officials this week, just kind of like, 
trying to sell me on, hey, you know, the pinstripe roll is not as bad as you think. Like, Snow's fun you know. this time of year. You know that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I said, you guys got a real sales job on your hands if they go there. But they don't have to worry about it now. No, this is an easy, baby. This is an easy sell. Paula, you gotta get there. <laughs> We're going to Disney World. Uh, Brent, Brent, thanks so much. We'll, uh, we'll see you in the office tomorrow. Okay, Jeff. Thank you. All right, Brent X. Uh, of course, you hear him four to six every day on the block here on ESPN Radio. Uh, read him. I, I, do we read him anymore? I don't think we even read him anymore, but on, on Syracuse.com. Thanks for reminding well. me. I have to see him in the office tomorrow. <laughs> um, you know, Brent mentioned some of the wheelings and dealings, and before we hit a break, I want to play this. Uh, this is from John Wildhack earlier today, and, and he let in, uh, he, he pulled back the curtain a little bit on, on what happens and, and talking to the camping world people. Probably about 3.20, I got a call from Steve Hogan, who's the executive director of the Camping World Bowl, and I've known Steve since I was at ESPN, so he's a longtime friend, and uh, he and I spoke Probably, I think it was four times last week, um, So, uh, which I made you know, our, our case. And I told him, I said, I think our fans, they want to go to Orlando. And we want to go to the best bowl available. And the best bowl available is the Camping World Bowl. So, um, again, it validates the season that we've had. And it's, it validates that we're the second best team in the ACC. It certainly sounds like there was some push and pull, some, some give and take. And, and uh, hey, it worked out for Syracuse. And in the end, they go where they wanted to go. Absolutely. This is a good day. It certainly is. I think Ice Cube said that. <laughs> John Wilder said that <laughs> earlier today, but I'm not going to bring up what that was about. Uh, but he did say that earlier today as he well. He didn't have to use his AK? His, <laughs> I'll stop with no, my, my not, Ice Cube <laughs> jokes. Sorry. Thank you. Uh, the ball special is brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub. Winners of the 2018 Sammy Award, uh, Sammy Award for the Best Sports Pub for Live Music Venue and winners for the Best Bar and Sports Pub by the Syracuse New Times Best of Syracuse in 2018, they invite you to stop in for great food, fantastic music, and an electric atmosphere. Come in and enjoy specialty pizzas, wings, loaded fries, and nachos, salads, and a lot more. And don't forget about the great drink specials. Watch SU and your favorite sport teams on Wild Hat, on Wildcats big screen TVs. Come on in at 3680 Milton Ave in, Camill- uh, in Camillus, the Wildcat Sports Pub. A you place- all right over there? <laughs> I'm tongue-tied. Right. A place yeah. where great food and great entertainment are your enjoyment for a priority. Uh, let's take time out. We're back with Carly Nevis from WDTV in Morgantown coming up. We've also got Seth Everett, host of our post-game shows, coming up on the show as well. This is the Syracuse Bowl Special, presented by the Wildcat Pizza Pub. Yeah, I think I watched their um, game against Oklahoma, and you know, obviously they're you know one of the most prolific offenses there is. I mean, Will Greer is one of the best quarterbacks um, in the country. So they're going to put up points, and our job is to do the same thing. Um, I got a lot of faith in our defense, though. I think we got a lot of young guys that have been coming along this season. You know, Kylan and Ryan do a great job bringing their senior leadership, and um, I think I'm I'm really excited for you know how that plays out. And obviously, we got to go watch some film on West Virginia's uh, defense, but it's going to be a tough game. That is Eric Dungy, of course, talking about his opponent in the Camping World Bowl coming up on December 28th. It's going to be Syracuse and West Virginia, the Schwarzwalder Trophy, the first meeting uh, in six years, this renewal of a Big East rivalry. It should be a lot of fun down in Orlando, Florida. And to get a little bit of a scouting report, we bring on Carly Nevis of WDTV in Morgantown, West Virginia. Carly, thanks so much for hopping on on a a Sunday night. Uh, Let's start with Syracuse and West Virginia. I know you're a Syracuse grad. You you know that this is a series. Uh, What is the feeling in Morgantown? Are are they happy about this? Is this something that people want? Do they want to see West Virginia and Syracuse again? Well, it's funny. My personal reaction to it was probably better than the reaction in Morgantown just because I was so excited. My two worlds were colliding with West Virginia and going to Syracuse. But... 
The vibe in Morgantown was kind of a letdown when, obviously, the loss to Oklahoma. Bowl season wasn't something that people were looking forward to. Obviously, the aspirations were so much higher at the beginning of the year. They thought they'd be that spot in, in the college football playoff. So I'm sure the reaction in Syracuse was much higher than um, it is in West Virginia. But, hey, a renewal of a Big East rivalry. If they're going to play in a bowl game, why not? If be Syracuse, why not? There be some meaning to this game. You know, you mentioned there that, that there were some high hopes for this team, and, and they thought that they could have gone to the playoff. And, you know, as recently as a, a week ago, that hope was probably still alive. If they beat Oklahoma yep. last week, and then they would get another shot at them this weekend, uh, they could have made the playoff. They could have made a run. Uh, after that Oklahoma game, what was the feeling? Was there just a big letdown ar- around this program? It was such a letdown. And I, I think really the letdown started after Oklahoma State because the that was the game, that was the turning point of the season, and then you had to refocus and get to Oklahoma and say, hey, our chances are still alive. All throughout the season, Dana Holgerson never spoke about the college football playoff. It was all about getting to the Big 12 championship game, being able to compete for that title the first time that the Mountaineers would have been in the Big 12 championship game. So, it after that Oklahoma loss, though, it was a letdown the players after the game, it, this was this was their championship game in the sense that they beat Oklahoma, go to Big 12 championship game, do a let out with, with the Sooners once again. But it, it was a huge letdown, and, and you could tell them the vibe with, in terms of the bowl game, this is not where they want to be, but unfortunately for them, this is, this is what's happening, and you got to get up for it now. Yeah, I think that'll be one of the interesting things to watch. You know, we've been talking about this from the, the Syracuse perspective, and, and the Camping World Bowl was as high as Syracuse could have possibly gone, right? There, there was no chance Definitely. of them getting uh, to the New Year's Six, so this is the highest they could have gone. You know, for, for West Virginia, uh, even if they're not in the playoff, they're not in the Sugar Bowl, there was still the Alamo Bowl as, as kind of a carrot dangling out there, and they got passed over for that, too. Was there an expectation that they would be going there, and, and then, you know, this afternoon they, they kind of got blindsided by uh, the lack of an invite? Yeah, people I spoke to within, like, just even writers in Morgantown said the best bet was the Alamo Bowl, and that was the expectation. So now you don't get into the Big 12 championship, and then you kind of get dissed in terms of bowl game. So, um, but, but regardless, it's another opportunity to play. And, and if you're playing college football, especially Texas seniors, and I'm sure we'll get into this with Will Greer, David Sills, that type of duo, this is your last game playing at the collegiate level. So it, it is what it is, and I think they'll try to put at least their best foot forward and compete against a really good Syracuse team and lots of great alumni bases in terms of fans that will probably travel to this game on both sides of the ball. Talking to Carly Nevis from WDTV in Morgantown, West Virginia. And, and Carly, you bring up Will Greer, and, and let's go there next. Uh, a guy who is one of the best quarterbacks in the country. He's going to go get drafted uh, probably in the first or second round of, of next year's NFL draft. Uh, what, what is your scouting report? What, what would you give us as, as, you know, this is what Will Greer is? He's as good as advertised, I'll tell you that, because watching film on him prior to the season and then obviously getting a chance to watch him in person a boatload of times, he can get that ball out. And when his coming out party of this season, not that people didn't know about him, but the pass to Gary Jennings to, to win against Texas and then that two-point conversion, that's Will Greer to a T. That, that was his shining moment of the season. Um, he has two great targets in Gary Jennings, I mentioned, and David Sills. 
37 touchdowns. And what, what people don't remember about that number is they have one less game than everybody because NC State, the NC State game was canceled earlier in the year. So he ranks third in the FBS in touchdowns with one less game than everybody else. He is as sharp as can be. He does have eight interceptions on the season, but some uh, interceptions can go both ways. They're blamed on him, but um, the receivers in that case uh, probably had something to do with it as well. So he's an accurate guy, and he will find you if you're open. One more on Will Greer, and, and then we'll let you go. Uh, there's been some chatter, some some Twitter for, uh, talk from fans, it seems mostly, that Will Greer might sit out, do what Christian McCaffrey, Leonard Fournette, and a couple others have done. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think? If, if you had to guess right now, is, is Greer playing in this game? I say that he will. I mean, after the Oklahoma loss, some, of course, uh, media members asked him about it, and he, he didn't really offer much. He said he had no thoughts because he plans on being, being playing in the Big 12 championship game. But they asked the same question to David Sills, his receiver, and he said, of course, I'm playing in this game. The program has given me too much. Um, and they asked him a follow-up question, do you think you played your last game with Will? And he said no. So I think that Will Greer will play in this game if I had to uh, put a bet on it. But you never know. And also, it will be his last game with um, Jake Spavill, the offensive coordinator, who just took a job at Texas State, but he said he'll coach in this game. I think you'll see all the top guns. and. West Virginia doesn't want to put that that second stringer out there. They want Will Greer, of course. Well, hopefully Will Greer's out there because I'm looking forward to Will Greer versus Eric Dungy. Uh, Carly, thanks so much for the time. I'm sure we'll talk in a couple weeks and, and have you back on again. Of course. Thanks so much, Seth. Carly Nevis from WDTV in Morgantown, West Virginia. Let's take a quick time out. When we come back, Seth Everett, our postgame show host, is coming up on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 a.m. and 1440 a.m. This is the Syracuse Bowl Special, presented by the Wildcat Pizza Pub. Wildcat Pizza Pub is the proud sponsor of this gem on the radio that we've had today. You can stop by for great food, fantastic music, and an electric atmosphere. Come enjoy specialty pizzas, wings, loaded fries, nachos, antipastos, Everything, apparently. Great drinks. WildcatPizzaPub.com. The Wildcat is at 3680 Milton Avenue Camillus, a place where great food and great entertainment and your enjoyment are priority. That's how you do a live read, Seth. That was much better than mine. Thank you. I was stumbling over <laughs> myself. I, I was I was really struggling with that one uh, a little bit earlier in the show. Uh, we've got Seth Everett on uh, on the other line. I, I think that he, he could probably do the live read better than I did. Yeah. Uh, but Seth is is more concerned with with bigger and better things like the Schwarzwalder Trophy. Is that right? <laughs> What's up, guys? Well, uh, you know, you I, we went through training during that pregame show before the Notre Dame game, and you'd think I taught you well, Goldberg. <laughs> No, I, I'm I'm thrilled. Look, any chance I can do, I, I can have an opportunity to not go back to the Bronx until spring is just fine for me. Uh, I'm thrilled that they're going to the Camping World Bowl. I already found out there's a 10% off at CampingWorld.com. If you log on for the first time, I'm excited about that. I'm going to go check out some RV stuff. And uh, no, this is a great moment for the program. Uh, first bowl game in six years. That's all wonderful. You're playing West Virginia. You have this silly little trophy, this silly, silly little Schwarzwalder trophy, and you are holier than thou that you can't have this fun little trophy be part of the post-game ceremony? Why, why not? Do why not like what, do a, a Phil Mickelson, Tiger Woods side bet? We'll right, throw the trophy course. out there. Don't well, tell Camping it, World. I, right, don't, don't tell him. How about that? <laughs> don't tell him. 
You know, the funny thing about bowls, and, and when I've done national radio, like the one thing they say is only talk about the playoff. Like, don't talk about the small bowls. And I'm thinking to myself, well, that's, you know, doing a disservice to all the different cities that are experiencing this in the next couple of weeks. And this is a story that is not going to make the headlines, right? Sports Center is not leading with the Camping World Bowl. And you're they in might. a position. I mean, there could be points, Seth. There Come could on. be lots of points. Come on. Work on your reads, please. <laughs> <laughs> Men are talking. But the idea, that, the, the idea that you can't have a little bit of fun so that, you know, 10 people who are tuning in get a little extra thrill because they remember when the Schwarzwalder Trophy was a real thing. I was a student when it was a real thing. I remember playing in Morgantown. I've been to Morgantown with WAR. I remember all those experiences. Why can't you enjoy that? This is the, the model of cater to your P1s. P1s, for those of you in the audience, these are the people that will follow you to the ends of the earth. These are the people that are already listening. That's the 10 people that have called the basketball postgame show. Those people are the ones that you want to satisfy and just do it. And to dismiss it this soon puts a damper on the whole thing. Does, does it, like, I, I'm old. I've, uh, I, I'm just looking at this. That's a great follow-up. I'm looking at this as a guy who's just saying, we're in a bowl game that we deserve to be in. Let's be happy with it. Yeah, I, I, sure. But you kind of knew this, right? Like the, this. Uh, once you beat Boston College, you kind of thought that Camping World was happening. Y you had the tentative plan. I I can see why there's something that West Virginia would need to draw. Like, hey, let's do something fun to make this fun for us because we had right. high aspirations coming into this year, and now we're playing Syracuse in the Camping World Bowl. For Syracuse fans, I don't think you need extra motivation for this game. Right. I, I think this is about you have three and a half weeks to hype something. Have some fun with it. You know how, like, whenever there's a bowl game or, a, or an NBA finals, the mayors of the respective cities make a little, you know, prop bet or, or, or yeah. you know, in the World Series. Like, you, you do those kinds of things. What like get the mayors of Morgantown and Syracuse to get together? We'll send and them put their trophy some toothbrush, on. Like, toothbrush. Just, just do something fun. <laughs> Have fun with this. That, that, that's the whole idea. And immediately, Twitter was hilarious. It's Camping World Bowl, Camping World Bowl, Camping World Bowl. No, the Schwarzwalder Trophy cannot be mentioned. I'm thinking to myself, seriously, like <laughs> that. That's the first story. That's one of the lead stories on Syracuse.com right now. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of funny. The well, offense they, is what people should be talking about. This is going to be bet the over and sit oh, back yeah. and enjoy the ride. Yep. Yeah, and make sure you have two score sheets. <laughs> make sure you <laughs> If you're keep, scoring at it, home. Yeah. Do people do <laughs> that in football? I'm sure. Is that a thing? Can. You can. I mean, it's really called refresh on an iPad, but <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I understand. I love the guy that buys the book still in baseball. Like, there's 163 pages in that thing. And I'm thinking to myself, like, you have no higher aspirations. Why wouldn't you put 200 pages in that thing? I saved myself <laughs> the Seth Goldberg doesn't know how to score at home joke. So we'll, <laughs> we'll end. Uh, can we end on a laugh at least and enjoy sure. this? And Seth, it, it, great job with the post games this year, by the way. Oh, thanks. I appreciate it. I didn't hear one of them because I was working, but I I've know. heard you've done a great job. I know. <laughs> well, I paid those guys. Just so you know. <laughs> and don't worry if Pat from Syracuse hates you. He hates everybody. That's fine. He, he, look, I tried to make peace. 
It's all on Twitter. You can't take those tweets back. <laughs> all right. We, we look forward to you. You're, uh, we'll, we'll have you on after the Georgetown game next, right? Yes. That's right. Yes, that's right. Uh, I, I have a, a prior commitment, so I can't do the Eastern Washington. But, uh, yes, the Georgetown game and uh, – uh, that's the matchup. That's the that's the that's the game that everybody circles. I can't wait. Georgetown basketball and West Virginia football. Like, <laughs> it might as well be the nineties, nineteen ninety eight. That's fine. Seth, thanks so much for hopping on. All right, you got it, guys. Great show. Great commercial reads. Thank you. I've been practicing. Seth Everett, our post game show host. You'll uh, you'll also hear him through basketball season as well here on ESPN. I've extended Radio. his contract. That just about does it for us tonight uh, here on ESPN Radio. Thanks for hopping in. Thanks for joining us. Uh, if you missed part of the show, we'll podcast it. We'll throw it up on our website. How dare you? And uh, Yeah, how dare you? But you can also go and listen back to it. If you're like me and you're crazy, you can listen to it on one and a half times speed. I know Polly loves that. <laughs> uh, so you can do that too. Uh, but we heard from John Wildhack, Eric Dungey, uh, Dino Babers, Kylan Whitner, uh, Brent Axe, Carly Nevis, uh, Andrew Goodrich and of course Seth Everett uh, a lot that we got to and a lot that we will get to in the coming weeks Syracuse and West Virginia in the Camping World Bowl December 28th down in Orlando Florida it should be a lot of fun and uh, hey it starts back up tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock with the Daniel Baldwin show we'll talk to you then